We're back with the latest episode in our MCU crossover series. We have Iron Man 2. Is it really as bad as everyone thinks? We'll find out by listening to the episode. And after you do, go check out Greatest Movie of All Time podcast, where the second half of this Iron Man 2 episode sits. And go check out all his content. They do great work. You won't regret it. And also make sure to go to Twitter. Follow us at The Circuitverse. Got a lot of fun stuff, a lot of sports, a lot of pop culture. I think you'll enjoy it. Plus, follow The Revisionist Almanac on Twitter, at Rev Almanac. We do a ton of lists. It's a podcast coming soon with my buddy Corns. You won't want to miss it. Go follow that. Go follow The Circuitverse and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Streaming Circuit. And if you're wondering... How we go to the bathroom while we record. Just like that. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and I'm joined by my buddy, Tom. What's up, man? Okay. I, I don't know how to follow that. I, I should have just stayed silent, but then that would have been weird. That was good, right? I told you it was good. I, I thought it was good. Well, it's just more awkward than anything, but okay. Well, well yeah, that's the point. And it's really funny if you haven't watched the movie Iron Man 2. Then it's really funny. I don't know why you'd be listening to the pod if you haven't, but it'd be really funny if you didn't. I don't know how that's funny if you haven't. It's just like, what is he talking about? He went to the bathroom right now? What, what's happening? Maybe I I'll did, just maybe say, I I have, I'll have a birthday coming up in like two weeks here, and uh, I'm planning on doing whatever I want with whomever I want. There you go. You had me for a second. I was like, oh, it's your birthday. I didn't know. No, not quite. Um, what are we talking about? Iron Man 2. Here we go. We're talking about Iron Man 2. You already forgot. We're what, three minutes in? Here we go. Two hey, minutes. Two minutes in, and you, you know, forgot. When you get us on pod, we're not gonna we're not gonna stay on track. As we said right before we recorded, we're gonna stay on track. We did not. Yeah, um, I told you we were gonna do everything but discuss <laughs> Iron Man 2. Well, here we go. We're going to talk about Iron Man 2 right now. We're continuing our MCU crossover series. The third movie is up. It's Iron Man 2. And uh, let's jump right into it. What are your thoughts on Iron Man 2? It feels incomplete. Hmm. There are seeds of a really explorative movie that could have delved into a lot better character study, kind of in the way that the first one did. But from the research that I did for this it seemed like marvel kind of got its paws on everything and really tried to get favreau to reconstruct the story in certain ways that it would become a bridge movie to what the avengers would eventually become so iron man was the testing ground and then they threw in that extra scene at the end and because it did well they were going to do a sequel but then they kind of in my opinion jumped the gun a little bit in trying to craft this movie around doing a larger universe. And to me, it feels, even though this movie is more fun, it feels kind of like what Spider-Man 3 was at the time, Oof. in that it just became a little bloated. You were trying to fit way too much into a two-hour arc, and it didn't end up being executed the best. I mean, the first movie is a contained story. You have one villain. In this movie, you've got like four I mean, Tony's heart working against him is at least one antagonist. His dad is a second antagonist, whether you like to think so or not, but there's a catharsis there. 
Sure. Then you have Whiplash, and then you have Hammer. And so between the four, it's like a four-corner opposition script writing, except nobody really does the neat, cute structure that you're going to need for this to be executed well. That being said, it's still a fun movie and probably one of the Marvel movies that I've returned to more often than probably about half of these. I would say that Iron Man 2 I've probably seen... If it had not been that I was watching Iron Man 1 so often in an electronics department when I was working there in college, probably about as much. Because this movie's been on TNT and TBS forever. And so there are just bits and pieces of this movie I've seen over and over and over again. Uh, I would say in order of most times viewed, it's Iron Man 1, Iron Man 2 at number 2, First Avenger 3, Thor at a distant four, and then obviously I'd only seen Hulk one time before last month, so yeah. it's a distant five. And then you can throw in Avengers. I'm not sure where that would necessarily place. It's probably somewhere around Thor. You're just talking phase one? Yeah, just Love the it. amount of times I viewed that particular movie. Mm. Yeah, I would say, yeah, this might be the one I've seen the most too out of phase one. I think this movie is better than a lot of people say. A lot of people have this as like the worst MCU movie. And I, I don't think it's great, but I definitely don't buy it as the worst. Everyone says it's so overstuffed and it wants to be an Avengers movie. And you just mentioned it too. And I guess I don't know if I really buy that. Like what in this movie is so overstuffing it? You have war machine, which was set up in the first one. So that was obviously going to happen in the second one. You have Black Widow. Okay, I guess you could say Black Widow was overstuffed, but I feel like it wasn't that much of a you know a shoehorn in here. And you have Nick Fury, who was in the post credit scene, so it was logical to think that he was coming back too. So I guess like, what is this so, like overstuffing of this movie? It's from the opposite way than you're thinking. Okay, each mm-hmm. of those gets enough screen time for them to be complete, but because they get enough screen time to be complete it really feels like Tony's story in this is not complete. We get a very rushed energy war plot line that I I don't think ever is fully satisfying. You get this emotional catharsis with his dad, which I do think, and it's going to come up eventually with whatever scores we're going to have. It's a leading indicator of where they end up by the time Endgame finishes because he has that emotional scene with his dad in the flashbacks. And I think that's been a working theory because it comes back up in Civil War. It comes back up in multiple Avenger movies. So that's kind of a a through line of everything that's going. And I do actually think this movie has a lot of seeds that lay the groundwork for what the Avengers are and what Tony Stark is to the larger universe. So I don't think it can be discounted. And like I said, it's a fun movie, even though it's a little bit clunky. But it's clunky because I don't think we have a totally refined Tony plotline that's satisfying from beginning to finish to end. Um, Especially when it comes to Pepper and how that whole relationship works. They just, they're fighting, then they're not fighting, then she's CEO, then she's not CEO, then they're fighting again, and then he saves her and they make out on a rooftop. I mean, it just seemed a little rushed in, in his storyline to fit in all of these other elements that were there. Not to mention that in hindsight, by the time you get to the end of three, it kind of undermines everything that was going on in this film. 
I don't want to jump the yeah. gun on nitpicks too soon, but if he could just get the shrapnel removed at the end of three, then what's the whole point of doing this run around and he's dying with an energy core in his chest when he could have just had the shit removed to begin with? Yeah, why aren't why isn't he going to the hospital after one? I mean, he's got more money than God. Like, you know, when he gets back from the cave, maybe it's like cheeseburger one, operation two, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just just maybe. Yeah. So that is kind of silly. I'll give you that. I guess I do get the Tony point. Um, yeah, I can buy that. He definitely didn't have as strong of an arc is the first one. I will agree with that. Exactly. And that's really, I think, what the point is, is you're going to an Iron Man film to see Iron Man. And it felt like every other character got too much screen time comparative to where his arc would be for a two and a half hour movie. Sure. Again, Let, oh, still yeah. fun. Oh, I think it's I think it's a lot of fun. I think there are some definitely uh, a lot of fun moments. Let's jump right into the categories. I want to start with villain because you, you kind of touched on it um, there. I think the biggest issue for me with this film is the villain has nothing to do with what <laughs> Tony wants. Like most movies, the villain is in the way of the hero getting what they want. In this movie, Tony wants to obviously save himself. He wants to fix the element that's in him. The villain has absolutely nothing to do with that whatsoever. They never talk about that. He has he is no hindrance to that. Tony figures it out before the final fight, and the final fight is just there because Marvel thinks they have to have a huge final fight at the end of every movie. So I think that's the biggest issue with this film is the villain just has nothing to do with what Tony wants. That's not a bad assessment. I mean, I've known the villain was quite weak in this one overall, especially because the final villain fight where he's actually in it is what, three minutes? It's short. It's probably the shortest end fight for any Marvel movie as far as, you know, the hero fighting the actual bad guy. Most of this is just fighting drones. Yeah. And the drones look more realistic than most of uh, the other Marvel fights where they're actually people. Yeah. And the Flash. Don't even get me started on that. We're we're, wrong (laughs) podcast. We can get to that at a later date. Hopefully not. Who did you pick? So you mentioned there are four villains. Who is the uh, who is the best villain? And what do you think their chances are of making our Hall of Fame here? I could break this down into two things. I mean, again, I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily for villains per se. I mean, Tony's heart, we already said was kind of undone by the third movie. So I wouldn't count that as like a really strong villain. It's more of an antagonist than anything. Sure. And by extension, kind of Tony's self-destructive and narcissistic behavior, but okay. He kind of overcomes that in the end. And that's a much longer arc, but that's more refined and thematic and emotional than it is like a defined villain that I think you're probably looking for to put on the website. Cause if we put Tony's heart and own ego, I don't know if anybody's going for that one. Hey, you can uh, do whatever you want, man. This is our pod. This is a collaboration. You can do whatever you want to do. Eh, I'll play within the lines. Let's, let's say that much. So we're really down to two villains. Now we can either go with the guy who actually gets in the action fight, which again, we said was, you know, they were kind of muted as far as the coolness and whatever else, because he wasn't really involved that much. Yeah. Or we could go with the much more charismatic and the guy who ended up having much, much more screen time in Justin Hammer. I'm going to go with Justin Hammer. That's the right pick. I went with Hammer as well. 
and I mean, I like the actor to begin with. So, you know, it should, to a degree, be the right pick. I love Sam Rockwell. If I could only remember his name half the time. <laughs> For whatever reason, I have this, like, block where I cannot remember his name. Really? He's Justin Hammer. That's his name. He's Justin Hammer. And he's sure. returning okay. He's returning to Armor Wars in 2049, oh, whenever that movie comes out. Um, <laughs> 2049. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. about right. He's, I don't know if he's the main villain, but he's coming back um, for that one. So that'll be okay. funny. What, is, uh, what was your percentage on Mr. Hammer? On whether he'd be... Again, I thought we were defining this as like a top 10 villains. I don't think, <sighs> given where we had mentioned a few of the other villains that will eventually come up, I don't think he has much of a chance. I would say 5%. Ooh, I went high. I went 20. Fucking love 20's this 20's high? well i mean compared to yours well i mean it depends on how we define villains because there's at least two villains coming up in this saga that are villains kind of turned hero by the end with loki and the winter soldier well they're still villains though if you're a villain in one movie it's okay um, yeah i would say i'll say this i think hammer is my favorite villain so far that we've done of the three well sure he's the most fun yeah He's yeah. If I mean I, I love Hammer. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. As far as a Phase the... One villain, I can't think of anybody really that much different other than Loki. Because even the Red Skull, I mean, he's not quite as fun as Hammer. No one's as fun as Hammer. Man, come on, he's so. It's fun. Hammer time. It's Hammer time, baby. He's so fun. Um, you know Mickey Rourke as uh, what's his name in the movie? Whiplash, I think. No, but sure. do you remember his real name, though? Oh, um, Ivan Vanko, is that it? Yeah, Ivan Vanko, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, I think there was something there. I think it could have been a lot better. I think if you took Hammer out, Vanko is probably much better. That's something that, at the time, felt like it was from a different era, but has somehow come back around, and that's our opposition to the Russians. Fuck them. Unless you're listening, then don't, but, uh. I don't know if they're getting much Western media these days. And I do have a few uh, adopted siblings, let's say, in, in the con. Well, I guess both of them have left the confines of Russia, but have family there. So. Oh, OK. Well, fair enough. I used to work with a few people from Russia and I did not care for them. So oh. how about that? Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I think the like the story, the idea of like Tony's dad screwed over Ivan's dad and like got him killed or, or whatever. And I think that like, that could be a compelling storyline. It was just like completely abandoned and didn't follow through at all. But I think it could have worked if they tried. It sounds like a act one type of plot line from a completely different movie. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, I love, I love hammer at the, especially at the hearing. He's so funny. Um, I love how he calls him Anthony, not Tony. That cracks me up every time he says Anthony. It's so funny. Um, do you know in the comics is that is his actual name Anthony? I have no idea. I don't. I have never read a Marvel comic. I haven't either. I like. I think it's funnier if it is. I mean, I could phone a friend. I have somebody that that has basically read all of them because he's uh, an animator in his for his job. Oh, that's so. cool. Um, all right. So villain, we each went hammer. You went five percent. I went twenty percent. I wrote it down this time as as per request. Um, well, I didn't. Nate did. Nate's on it. Okay. 
Nate is on it. Um, We're just the Ryan Reynolds Van Wilder for right now. Write that down. <laughs> it's a good quote. It's a good poll. Mm, it's a that. deep. It's a deep poll. It's a deep poll. That's what she said. Um, mm. Mm. Wouldn't she want uh, a deep push? It's a push and pull, baby. It's a push and pull. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> Could be a rocking motion. Now sure, we're like, really now we're really living up to the uh, disclaimer at the beginning of the pod. Like a seahorse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but then you can. What does he mean? Like a seahorse? What does he mean? What is he talking about? It's the I only male that can get pregnant. I know, and I think that's I, I. You know, I wish we were like seahorses too. I see what ladies go through. I thank my lucky stars every day. I am a man. That's fair. They yeah. have it much tougher biologically than we do. That's true. Not to mention societally or anything else. You know what? They get cooler clothes options and I'm still not happy about it. They get all these colors and guys is like, you can get it in black or white or gray. And it's like, what the fuck? It's 2023, baby. If our leading pop artists can wear skirts to award shows, why can't you? No, I want to wear more colors. I'm saying we don't have the options because these like Nike, for instance, I'll give you a big fat, for instance, Nike, all these color options for polos or shoes is like black, white, or gray. And the women's side is like, oh, here are 47 different color options that you, you can mix and match to your ever wishes. And it's just so like, just shop wish. at Tommy Bahama. Oh, please. come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? Nate, Nate, mute him. Mute him. There we go. This isn't around the horn. Not to mention, I have the muting power. For listeners, I'm hitting the mute button. Here we go. Um, let's jump into a different category. Sidekick. I would be utterly shocked if we didn't have the same one, but you never know. Who did you have? I guess for this movie, it's got to be Rhodes and War Machine. So how did like, you thought about it? What did you have to think about there? Well, with Tony Stark, I mean, you can make a interesting pivot point as far as, I mean, in the first one we talked about, I, I forget, did we come up with Jensen was his best sidekick in that movie? Because said Jensen. Yep. I think for three, we're probably going to both end up at Pepper. Where the little kid, the little kid's going to be in the running too. But I think for most people, there could be a debate between Pepper and Rhodey. But in this one, because War Machine becomes such a big part of the plot line, I think it has to be that. Yeah, it's got to be Rhodes. He, he finally dons the armor, much to Terrence Howard's chagrin. Um, it was next time, but not for him. Uh, and yeah, he's, he's awesome. Uh, he's the big gun. You know, he goes, he tries to, he tries only because to, he has the big gun. Yeah. He is not the big gun. You have the big gun. He hits, uh, what's his name? Whiplash with the ex-wife. Which is yeah. really funny. <laughs> Hammer tech. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's gotta be Rhodes. He's so good in this movie. Don Cheadle, you know, Terrence Howard's a, a great actor, but Don Cheadle is just so good in this role. He's perfect for it. Um, he well, he has that exhausted, annoyance down pat. And that's really what you have to do in order to be Tony's best friend or wife. Well, yeah. Girlfriend, (laughs) um, home computing device. True. Oh, Jarvis Jarvis overlooked in this category. I didn't even think about Jarvis. He, Oh, that's yeah, that's true. It will come back. It will come back. Will it? What movie would he, what movie would he age of Ultron? It's going to be a discussion. I guess that's a larger discussion. discussion of, do we do sidekicks in Avengers movies? Because like, 
is there a sidekick in a team-up movie? Well, they're like all Avengers. We're going to have a discussion. Okay, fair enough. It's going to be like Uh, a year from now, but we'll have a discussion. (laughs) In 2027, we will be talking about that. (laughs) Well, it's only because we won't finish talking about Iron Man 2. (laughs) That's true. We're on a much quicker pace than Hulk already, I I think. Um, Yes, what was your percentage of Rhodes making the Hall of Fame? I'm going to guess pretty high. I'm going to go 50-50. What? Yep. Wow. Okay. Seems pretty low. It probably could be higher, but I'm going to reserve the right that, you know, I I will probably venture to say, depending on who we nominated in the first one, because that has a lot of knock-on effects. I don't know how strong or not this category is. It's the one I've probably thought about the least. I went 95%. I, don't, I think there's virtually no way he's not. For one, he's just like the most... I feel like he's the most consistent sidekick all the way through from Iron Man one. I know it's a different actor, but from Iron Man one through Avengers Endgame, like he is consistently has a huge part, you know, Falcon didn't come in until what nine movies into the world. Um, and even then he was like a pretty small role in some of those. I just feel like war machine is very sturdy and stable as always there and always a sidekick. Well, so is a table. True. I guess that's, you got me there. If that's your only qualifications. Well, I mean, he's a superhero. So that's, a pretty <laughs> big, that's a pretty big qualification. He's a superhero. Move to uh, the next category. And he should be the president of the United States in this world. I don't know what, I don't know what this country is doing. They're looking a lot like our country. Stupid. Well, because they know that if they elect a black president again, then we're going to get a racist for the following one. Oh, oh interesting. Okay. Interesting trade-off Ebb and flow. There. Ebb and flow. Seahorse. Seahorse. It all comes back. <laughs> the the country always picks its president based on the overreaction to the current one. That's that's a that's a good take. That's a good take. It'd be nice if we went a little younger for the next one, maybe. I don't know. Just maybe. Throwing it out there. Uh not until twenty twenty eight. Okay, we're gonna I'm just gonna Yeah. Let's let's stop Anywho. tangent. Any hoozle, what's the next category? What are we doing? Love interest. I assume we'll have the same one, but you never know. Pepper. <laughs> I think that's a good, uh, L- good Let answer. me, for the, for the sake of it, because it's not much of a discussion, Pepper's uh, probably 95% going to be in the love interest, like top 10, um, if not 100%. I'll, I'll give a little bit of an outside shot. But anyway, no, I think if you were to, for the sake of argument and just to put it on a little bit further as far as love interests. I do think you could make a case for Tony's relationship with his father. Because there is a nice touching moment that we will do in quotes whenever we're going to do those, um, where I I think there is a moment, especially because they build it up, that scene with Nick Fury or the couple of scenes where they have the dialogue, my father was cold, he was calculating, he didn't like me. And then you get that moment where... It's like from the grave, he's reaching out and trying to touch you and actually does something that he never could do in real life. Yeah. I think that's something that you could, for the argument's sake, make as a love interest. And I think that actually would have a high chance of being a, in a top 10 if we wanted to just throw that out there because we already nominated Pepper for the first one. Do you want me to put you down for that? You sure, why it? not? All right. Let, let's be adventurous. Tony's dad. And then people can read that out of context. 
and say, what the fuck? Um, what, what percentage do you want to give Tony's dad? I think it's going to be pretty high. I'm going to go 60%. Because I think that a lot of the story of this arc, of the Infinity Saga, has to do with fathers and sons, and specifically that relationship. And it's mm-hmm. borne out, in a way, between Captain America and Iron Man, because... Howard Stark has a relationship with Captain America pre-existing Tony Stark. So then the presence of Captain America in a way is like having somewhat of the presence of his father. And I think that's why those two are always at odds. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that is certainly an underlying thing that bugs Tony for sure. Uh, He says it's much. Kind of knowing or at least protecting the person responsible in the end. I know we're jumping ahead like 20 movies, but, uh, Mm -hmm that eventually killed his dad. I think that's an extra layer that's under discussed. Yeah. Fathers and sons, big part of the universe. I wouldn't know about that relationship, but you know, a lot of people do. So that's, that's good. You mean like <laughs> podcast hosts who do a show with their fathers? Yeah. What's that like to have a dad? Um, must be cool. <laughs> I don't try and rub it in. Uh, no, it's okay. I processed that a long time ago or did I, I don't know. Who knows? Um, okay, so yeah, I'm not going to talk much about love interest. We talked about Pepper at length in the Iron Man pod, so I don't have too much to add. She's fantastic in this movie. Takes on an even bigger role, which is great. CEO, and then she quits, and then I she's rehired. Um, or maybe her resignation wasn't accepted. I don't know. but Or she just fake quit. Yeah, she can't keep doing this. Um, 100% though. No, There's no chance Pepper isn't in the Hall of Fame. There's no chance. We're doing Probably something wrong. Not. She's I, I mean, thinking about how many love interests are in this, there's there's not too many others as far as importance and callback and whatever else that are going to be as important because she shows up in a number of different films in one way or another. She's constantly referenced. We could have put Natasha for Happy Hogan because he was certainly smitten in that. Yeah, uh, but that she becomes the love interest for other people. Like Ultron, I think the love interest is going to be her and Banner. Yeah. I mean, that's, and, that's the uh, quite obvious. And Captain America, because they definitely fucked in Winter Soldier. Okay, Winter I'm not going there yet. <laughs> I am waiting for that movie. I'm going to bring that up once a pod. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was that? Okay, love interest. Let's go now. We only have a few things left here. Uh, best fight scene slash action sequence slash however we want to go about it. What did you have? Because there's a few options here, a few good ones. I think there's three in particular that are... Yeah, I mean, you could maybe expand it a little bit. I mean, if if we're going to just define which ones we can pick up from, there's the Monaco Grand Prix, there's going to be the the final kind of... Do you want to separate the uh, drone flight fight and then the one inside the, like, eco-center or whatever it was? Or do you count that uh, as I lumped them together, but if you want to separate them and pick one, you're welcome to. And then you could probably say Black Widow in the hallway, I think would be the third. Oh, you're missing a big one. Okay, so which one did I miss? The birthday party. Okay, all right, I guess I can buy that. I didn't pick it, Um, that that was second for me. I think if I'm drawn to any one where I would say it's the most rewatchable, it's probably them in the kill box, but that's only because it's the ending. Interesting. Okay, what was your percentage on that? There are much bigger fights in this this saga, and I think we're going to get to yeah. them. So I, especially because of the kind of blunted ending for Whiplash and how kind of 
quick that, that like went. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say 5%. That's a fair, fair number. All right. Um, that one was actually, I didn't think about the, the hallway fight or sequence, which is a good one. So I would put the fights, the last kill box thing is fourth for me on my list. Okay. I would put the hallway one at third. I was really torn between the Grand Prix and the birthday. I think the birthday is a better action sequence, but I went with the Grand Prix because that's what I think of first when I think of this movie is I think of him and Whiplash fighting on the racetrack. So I went but with that one. Yeah. The unfortunate part is, is that's kind of a quick scene too. True, but I think it's the I think it's the best that Whiplash was because he was barely in the the final fight sequence. I think at least he gets a little mm. more to do in that one. Um, but and did I you think, really need more screen time with Mickey Rourke? Yeah, he's kind of the weak link of the film, if you ask me. I mean, if we got more scenes like the Grand Prix, then yeah. Okay. He wants he wants his bird. Come on, give him his birds. Come on. Um, I went fifteen percent. Not uh, not great, but a chance. Just because I think, and I think the um, the Iron Man suit up sequence with the football, where he, you know, and like, I think that's one of the cooler Iron Man suit up scenes in the entire MCU. I, I think that's really cool when he does that. There are a lot of really good ones like that, like his. Uh, I can't remember which Mark version it is, but him falling off of Avenger Tower with the wristbands, or. I'm trying to think there's a really good version of it in Iron Man three with the suits. He has, uh, the kind of, I'm trying to think star Lord, like nanotech by the end of infinity war with his suit that goes into outer space and then can morph into different shit. So yeah. I, I think there's, there's a few of those. It was cool mm. in the moment, but I think it given where the tech went and where the story progressed, it's Okay to me in hindsight yeah are you a fan of the nanotech stuff or no i'm fine with it yeah a lot of people a lot of people hate that stuff they're like why can't they just wear a real helmet why does everything have to be nanotech it's like i don't know because it's cool i don't know shut up <laughs> like why do they need I a don't real think helmet? of it if you're gonna go to the movie you have to accept the rules of the movie universe that you're stepping into and one of those is nanotech is real and available so shut up. Otherwise, go to it. Go go watch Mona Lisa smile or um, the Royal Tannenbaums, whatever other movies playing on the other side of the theater. I mean, I I don't mind those movies. I'm just go to a different movie. Yeah, helmets are just so impractical. Like you got to carry it. Like what are we doing? You're gonna set it down, then you have to pick it up when like I don't know, just like ready to go, nanotechs, ready to go. Um, well, they changed the movie rules as to what the suit, I guess, the helmet did or whatever else later on in movies. Because by the time we get to Civil War, his helmet's no longer, it just opens up this tiny little bit and you get to see his face inside of it. It's yeah. the helmet disappears into the suit. Well, that's because he was actually in a suit for these movies, these early ones. He was in some sort of a suit. He was not, I, I think after this one or after Avengers, I think was the last one. He was actually like, in a suit. Then he just wore then pajamas. He with tennis balls. So I gave it 15%. I like the. It's what I think of first when I think of the movie. So I went with that one. But the birthday scene is probably better with the Gallagher and whatnot. Um, that's so funny. She wants the Gallagher. 
So good. Um, all right. Now we're going to go into scenes and quotes. Um, let's go scenes since we did fight scene. I'm going to throw out some options. I got five and then you can fill in uh, if you have any more that you want to nominate. We have the Stark Expo opening, the beginning of the film. We have Pepper gets CEO when he's uh, rearranging the paintings. He's not taking it down. He's just replacing it or whatever he says. Uh, the Grand Prix battle, the birthday party, and creating a new element when he's uh, doing all his cool stuff in the lab. And, you know, he's he's getting the thing. He's using Cap's shield as a as like a level level thing. Um, that scene. You got any more? I, I have a feeling you have a few more that I missed. I at least have two more. So an early one for me is the hearing. I liked the comedic timing of that. And I thought it was really great use of Gary Shandling at the time, who makes some later appearances, the late Gary Shandling. Is that the Senator? Yes. Okay. He was famous for doing the uh, Larry Sanders show on HBO uh, back Hmm. in the nineties. Got a lot of people, their starts in comedy and such. Now, um, the only other one I really can think of that I really wanted to include would be the exchange between Tony and Fury the first time, not the second time, with the kind of like file scenes that are really kind of just leading to more Avengers stuff. It's where they have the discussion of his dad and kind of everything that's that's going into that. If you wanted to piggyback that one, you might say where Tony's watching the film, but I think you could probably include that in creating a new element. Yeah, I did. The hearing one is very, that's a miss by me. It's a bad job by me. Nate, gotta be better than that. What was your favorite scene? What did you, uh, what did you think is the best one? I think the most fun one for me is probably the hearing because of how kind of like pompous he can walk into that room and just be full on Tony Stark. And it's one of the few times that you really see him actualized as Tony Stark as opposed to Iron Man. So I, I'll go with that one. And percentage? Boy, I mean, because there's a lot more scenes than like love interests and, and such. I'm going to give it 10%. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're, we're going to go really low on scenes for a while. And then as we get later and later in the MCU, it's going to be like 85%, 99% like for all of them. It's going to be like, oh shit, <laughs> we got to put some in here. Um, that's a good pick. I, lo- I love the hearing. I went with the Stark Expo opening, the very beginning of the movie. And forgive me if I'm wrong, because I watched this on Disney Plus this time, but I do have the physical copy, which is a disc for those of you at home who don't understand what a physical copy is. It's a disc that you put in the PlayStation. DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, this one is a Blu-ray, believe it or not. Ooh, okay. Um, uh, so isn't there a version where it's him and pepper on the plane and she throws his helmet off the plane and he flies and like connects to it. Am I correct? Have I just like made that up in my head? I think I saw it somewhere in like quotes as alluding to that, but I thought that was always Iron Man three, but maybe I'm wrong too. I I don't know. No, I think I have a Blu-ray copy as well. I have everything but the incredible Hulk on, Blu-ray from the uh, original series. Mm. Uh, no, that's not true. I don't have Endgame. Oh, what are you doing? Come on. That's a, that's a big miss. That's a big one to not have. Well, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, I might not have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, or Endgame. Okay, so you're out the infin- <laughs> I head up through Infinity War. I have every single one except these seven. I was like, okay. It's three. 
Sure. Well, it's a field goal, not a touchdown and an extra point. There you go. Anyway, I, 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 I don't think I'm crazy. Well, I am crazy, but I don't think I'm crazy about this. I think that scene does exist. And I like that version better where they're like giving, she's giving him shit and he's like being cocky. And then she just like, he, I think he says, can I get a kiss? And she like kisses the helmet and then just throws it. And he's like, okay, take what I can get. And then he, he flies after it. And then he lands at the expo. I love the music. The music is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's a great song. It's a perfect Iron Man song. You've got the cheerleaders doing their thing. You've got all the people here. It's a, it's just a great thing. He has the Phoenix metaphor, which is fantastic. I just, I get chills. I love this scene whenever it comes on. And I went 5%. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, there's only a few truly memorable scenes, I guess, in, in the whole expanse. And there's a lot to pick from. There is a lot. All right, now let's go to quotes. I'm going to rattle off some quotes here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven here. I went a little crazy. All right, so let's see here. I have one, two, three, four, five, six. So I'll be able to pivot to here. All right, so here we go. So Rhodes, uh, look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. Uh, Tony, you can count on me to pleasure myself. Just fantastic line. Ivan, I bought my bird. Is just iconic. Um, from Fury, the little brother just walked in there, kicked your ass, and took it uh, about his super suit. Uh, we have Justin Hammer. See, Ivan, he can't put his head in there, which I just think is hysterical when he gets very upset. Another one from Hammer. Um, it's capable of reducing the population of any standing structure to zero. I call it the ex-wife, which is great. Another one from Hammer. I don't know if you know this, but I don't speak Russian is really funny to me. And then Tony, I was going to make you an omelet and tell you. So those are my seven. Uh, uh, do you have any others not, to add? Yes. I have all six of mine yet. Wow. Okay. I went more comedic on this one. Admittedly. Yes, you definitely did. I did. Although you <laughs> missed a few, but sir, I'm going to have to eg- ask you to exit the donut. Great. Uh, Colson. If you try to escape or play any sort of games with me, I will tase you and watch Super Nanny while you drool into the carpet. <laughs> Fucking Colson. Stark, I told you I don't want to join your super secret boy band. Howard Stark, this is the emotional one. Tony, you're too young to understand this right now, so I thought I would put it on film for you. Howard gesturing to his model city, I built this for you. And someday you'll realize that it represents a whole lot more than just people's inventions. It represents my life's work. This is the key to the future. I'm limited by the technology of my time, but one day you'll figure this out. And when you do, you will change the world. What is and always will be my greatest creation is you. All right, back to the funny. Senator Stern. Ooh, sorry. Funny how annoying a little prick can be, isn't it? And then I have Tony and Natalie. What's on the docket? You have a 9.30 dinner. Perfect. I'll be there by 11. Those are some great quotes. We, we will right. put some great quotes in there. What was your favorite? I go for the emotional side. I'm going for Howard. My greatest creation always will be you. And I think it has... I'll, I'll edge a little bit. I was going to say 100. I'm going to go 90. Okay. I like it. That's a good one. Really important. I mean, it's... I mean, Tony and his dad is the emotional through line of the entire infinity saga. So important. I went not as important. 
I went with the meta Shocking. one. I, <laughs> you mean I didn't take something super seriously? Um, I, uh, I went with the meta one. Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. I, I love that line from Rhodes. And I think it's, it's just the best way to recast anyone ever. Their opening line. Look, it's me. I'm here. Deal with it. Let's move on. I just think it's great. I love it. I think it's funny and meta and I'm all about the meta. So that's what I, all mean. right. Well, that'll be a leading indicator of future nominees. Um, I only went 10% though. I have very little faith that it will make the hall of fame. It's not that important. Um, but this no. is funny to me in this movie. All right. I think now we're going to get into some, any lingering questions or hot takes. I have a few here. I have a few. This is going to be fun. What did you have? Well, my biggest one we've already discussed the entire major plot line or the main plot line of this, that Tony's dying because he can't figure out an alternative energy core for this is pretty much one, the energy source or whatever else is kind of a forgotten thing by the time we get to basically anything in phase two. I think the last time that we talk about clean, renewable energy sources is at the beginning of the Avengers movie. Also, they remove all the shrapnel from his heart at the end of three so it's kind of, why did we do this? Yeah, that doesn't make much sense to me. I don't understand that decision. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. Because uh, there was no reason to have the operation, like, in the universe. Because he wasn't dying anymore. Like, he figured it out. I mean, what did what did taking that out of his chest do? I mean, nothing, really. It's just so. weird choices as far as marvel and what they've decided to do with some of their storytelling they they've kind of scrapped some early plot lines like you would have thought after this movie justin hammer would have come back a lot sooner than 2026 yeah yeah i that is strange that's a big nitpick that i totally agree with did you have any more why did they really feel that they needed to place natasha into tony stark's universe other than She's just kind of like there to introduce another character that you needed to at least have some familiarity with before the Avengers. They really needed to keep tabs on Tony Stark. Okay, that's fair. Um, He lives very publicly. True. I think it was, I I think the main reason they had her looking after Tony was because of the the element was poisoning him. I think. Well, yeah, they say as much, but again, okay. If he's not going to be fit for the Iron Man or, excuse me, the Avengers initiative, then what's the difference? I mean, yeah, I guess. I mean, I, the reason is they needed they wanted to have her in there before the Avengers. So we I know knew her. I know so what I, the filmmakers design was, or at least the larger universe need for her to be there is because you introduce Clark in or not Clark uh, Clint in the next movie. Clark Clark Kent. Clark Greg. Did you, just, did you just break some news? What are we doing? No. Oh, okay. Um, anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, but sure. There's not really a place to introduce her, though, after this, before Avengers, though, because you can't do it in Captain America, really, because that's set in the 40s or 30s, and you can't do it in... I mean, you could do it in Thor, but you're already introducing Hawkeye, so that, that feels way overstuffed to introduce both of them. So I feel like this was the last chance to do it. Unless you just don't want to introduce her and you just introduce her in Avengers, which I guess could have worked. I don't know. I felt we kind of were introduced to Hulk until I remembered that the Incredible Hulk was technically a phase one film. But then you're introducing two characters. Just saying. Kind of. So 
Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I got some questions. 80 ounces a day of that gook. Um, that's a lot of ounces. 80 ounces is a ton of drinking. That is a lot. That is disgusting. That did I not drink a full pleasant. gallon of water every day. Yeah, well, how many ounces are in a gallon? 128. Okay. But I'm, I that's usually... a lot, though. Well, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I have my 40-ounce water bottle with me at all times, basically. Well, no, I'm saying that's a lot of that gook because he's also, I'm sure, drinking water. Like, he's drinking other things on top of this. Like, 80 ounces of anything that isn't water is a, is a lot of ounces a day. I mean, I used to have, sure. like, a two-gallon water bottle in college because I was running so much, so I had to, like, keep hydrated. But, like, that's a lot. I don't know if I could do that. that and that shit looked disgusting. It, it, so that's absurd. Um, I don't know. It's Silicon Valley and the tech billionaires or whatever with their green juice shit. Kevin Durant is like, I've got this amazing new product that me and seven other super friends are going to team up to pitch you. Okay. <laughs> Bradley Beal. What are they doing? Um, here's, a, here's a comp that I think you're going to like. I think you're going to like this one. Tony Stark is Roman Roy with Iron Man armor. What do you think about that? Just petulant daddy issues, doesn't take anything seriously, runs a company into the ground. What do you think? Was I onto something there? I can see where you go with that one, although I don't think the self-destructive and frankly quite BDSM tendencies are quite there. I mean, he's not asking sure. Pepper to like tie him to the chair or something when they're you making out. Or... You do not know that. I mean, he's, he's not presenting some whips and chains at the end on the rooftop or anything like that. Um, and I, I think that it breaks down a little bit because Tony becomes, becomes kind of the specter godfather of the entire organization by the end of the Infinity Saga. He kind of becomes the ultra serious one. Yeah, early on when he's kind of the playboy and whatever else, but he does a lot of growing up in order to become the hero that saves everybody at the end. All right, fuck you. I was just making a, a fun comparison in this movie. I wasn't talking about Avengers and you. Damn it. Damn it. Okay, never mind. Moving on. He's not Roman Roy. You yucked my yums. Okay, never mind. <laughs> um, I yucked your yums? My yums have been yucked. Uh, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Have you never heard that? Don't yuck my yums? No. You've never heard that? No. Oh, that's a saying. It's a thing. Like, uh, like, don't don't rain on my parade. It's the same thing. Don't yuck my yums. Never heard it before. Maybe it's a. Main Although thing. I'm sure there main. are some Wisconsin phrases you've never heard. I don't think it's a main thing. Maybe it's a main thing. I don't know. I don't know if it's a main thing either. But I'm just saying I haven't heard it out here. Interesting. It's not our uh, Midwestern logic, let's say. It's not your coastal elitism. <laughs> yeah, Maine. Very, very elite. <laughs> very elite state. Um, basically, Canada. Um, okay, question. Is there anything better than the villain saying, did I, when being told they lost? Is there anything better than that? I, I fucking love it. Uh, yes, but it will be discussed on one of the July greatest movie of all time pods. Oh, okay. Oh, is it one that I'm on? Do you think I would bet Gotham's future on a fist fight with you? Oh, you're saying it's better. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, one of my I favorite just... moments in all of superhero movies. Oh, okay, nice. Um, I just love it when a villain says, did I? It's like, it's like, ooh, maybe he didn't. It's intriguing, you know? You always know the hero's going to get out of it. 
well, they did in Infinity War. Spoiler alert. So, I don't know. They kind of did. Um, all right. I have a couple left here. Does the high ground matter if you can fly? So, they're arguing over the high ground and the importance of the high ground. They both can fly. So, does high ground really matter? They can get to the high ground at any point in time. They can fly. Well, also, it's kind of irrelevant given that both of them start firing bullets in every direction anyway, and they're taking fire from these other things, but it doesn't seem like the bullets are mattering. So whatever metal they're wearing, unless it's an explosive, doesn't look like it's going to really hurt them. So at that point, you know, the logic of that entire fight does not make perfect sense. Not to mention, if you're going to take out half the drones by banking and all they're doing is just running at good high speed into this like metal wall, especially if the drones are made out of anything, I just have a hard time believing they would explode. Yeah, that's fair. But big, that's uh, like movie logic. Big NPC energy <laughs> from the drones. Pretty much. Big NPC. Um, all right, I have two things left. I want to hit the big one now, and then it's a very fun, quick one, and then we'll close out. The moment with Peter Parker at the end. Unbelievable. You're sure that's Peter Parker? Kevin Feige I mean, has said Kevin Feige oh, has, come has said. said that. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think that was ever confirmed. Yeah, he he did confirm that a, a, a couple of years ago. Um he okay. confirmed that that's Peter Parker. Uh, it's such an amazing moment cuz Peter and Tony are one of my favorite relationships in movie history. I absolutely love their relationship. And there's an edit on YouTube which I probably should have shouted out the person who made the video. Sorry. But it's an edit of uh, of this beautiful song and it's from Homecoming when Peter says, I just wanted to be like you. And, and when he says that, it cuts to that moment where the kid puts his hand up and then it cuts back to Homecoming. And it says, and Tony says, well, I wanted you to be better. And then it cuts back to Iron Man shooting it and saying, good job, kid. Um, I just love that scene so much. It like gives it like brings me to tears now when I watch this movie, because just knowing where those two go and knowing that Peter was always a hero before he had spider powers. He was going to get blasted by a drone trying to stop him because that's who Peter Parker is. And I just think that's so beautiful and so brilliant. Can I nitpick that moment? God damn it. Why? why? Sure, but why? Why must you okay. do this? The, the drone pauses for like a good 10 seconds before trying to shoot at the kid. It's already identified it in its computer. Wouldn't you think that the minute it target locks that it fires? It doesn't. It allows time for Tony to fly down and then re- like charge in order to blast it away. Well, you can't kill Peter Parker. Well, of Iron course Man not. Too. But I'm just saying that moment makes no sense. You make no sense. Damn it! You don't like that moment. I, I, I'm shitting on your plate. Oh, I don't like that. I'd rather yuck my yum. Please don't shit on my plate. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> um. Okay. All right. I like it. <laughs> I guess we'll disagree on that one. Um, and then here we go. One last quick question. If this movie takes place in 2023, does Saudi Arabia buy the Avengers? I think an offer is made, but because Tony has probably more money than the Saudi wealth fund, it's not successful. Who is the Greg Norman of the Avengers? Is it Nick Fury? It's Justin Hammer. Of the Avengers? I don't think yes. he's a big enough deal in the Avengers to... Greg Norman's not a big enough deal. He's... Claim to fame is losing in spectacular fashion multiple majors. Greg Norman runs live. I know. I mean, that's 
somewhat important. Really? I mean, yeah. It's I mean, a second I, hate, rate, I don't like live, but I, I It's mean, a second rate golf tour that nobody watched. Well, it's part of the PGA tour now, my friend. I think Saudi Arabia does I don't know that that's going to end up being the case. There's going to be yeah, some antitrust yeah. shit that's going to come down. Congress is investigating. I'm so not sure stupid. that's going to happen. That's so stupid. Congress, do something with your time. It's golf. Who gives a shit if there's one golf league? It's fucking golf. Like, on, and I, I love golf. I play golf all the time. Fucking Congress, do something important. Okay. Anyway. I think you're right. There is an offer made. How much? Do they, how much do you buy the Avengers for? How many billions? Or is it trillions? It's the Avengers. Comes with a tower, a plane. Well, I think you have to basically buy out uh, Stark Industries as a starter, and that's going to take. I think for the valuation of the company, if you're a weapons contractor, you're a tech contractor, and the rest of it, you're combining like Northrop Grumman. Apple and multiple other things, and it's whether or not you'd get the retention of Tony or you just are buying the IP. Like, you could buy all the suits and the equipment and the rest of it, but I don't know if you can buy human beings. You could sign them to contracts. But we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars. So Elon Musk trades Twitter straight up? No, because Twitter was only $44 (laughs) Maybe a future first in there as well? Twitter in a future first for the Avengers, question mark? If Elon got together with <laughs> Bezos, Bill Gates... I love this. Um, Warren Buffet... I know it's Buffett. Um, and, like, four or five other big, just ginormous benefactors. Then we're talking, like, a wholesale of the company if you're doing private entities. It would have to be a company versus company takeover because the company's just too big. And then you're still talking contracts as far as what they would be valued at. Uh, I mean, Tony himself <laughs> as the inventor and creator, we're talking probably multiple billion dollars a year. Mm, yeah. He's, he's logged down for five years. I think he's on the, I think he's on a super max deal. I think he's, <laughs> there's just really nobody. It's unique assets. And so the scarcity alone would drive up a, a fairly significant price. But who's the eldest boy? Tony's the only son. <laughs> I mean, uh, although uh, theoretically, uh, Captain America is the eldest boy. He's like ninety, whatever. He's the eldest boy. He he gets it. He's the eldest boy. All right, I think that wraps it up. Do you have any more thoughts on Iron Man two? Uh, isn't Connor actually the eldest boy? He is. That's why Shiv tells him he's actually not. Justice for Connor. Justice for Connor. Just watch Ferris Bueller. It is the question I never asked during our pod on that is, is it a Ferris movie or is it a Cameron movie? Oh, come on. It's Ferris. Don't don't do Ferris like that. There's a theory that Ferris is just a figment of Cameron's imagination. Well, that theory is wrong. Don't take the coolest movie character of all time. Don't take him away from us. What are you doing? It's, It's a Ferris movie. Cameron is a delight. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with it or not. I entertain it for the sake of it makes you watch the movie a little differently. Arguably the best 80s movie ever. Arguably. Definitely better than Top Gun. I would agree with that. Yeah. Easily. Way better than Top Gun. 
Yeah, the original Top Gun's not very good. Okay, well, see, see, you do that. You go too far. You 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 are right, and then you go too far. You you, you just rein it back in. Anyway, I'm going to assume no more Iron Man two thoughts for now. Well, until we get on my show. Yeah, well, maybe I won't do your show now. Top Gun's not very good. All right, fine. <laughs> no, all right, that's going to do it here for the streaming circuit. This is part one here at Iron Man two. We're going to hop over to Tom's podcast for part two. And Tom, why don't you tell them about where they can find that and what you're doing? So as usual in our monthly crossover series, I am hosting the second part of this podcast and we have just renamed what is normally the Stanley rubric into the Stan Lee rubric. So we also have some new stuff on the website, but you can find the feed at greatest movie of all time podcast, wherever you get podcasts. Or if you want to visit the website, RonnieDuncanStudios.com slash Gmote podcast. Nice. Good stuff. I'll be on there uh, as of recording this tomorrow night. We're recording a Wolf of Wall Street. Super excited about that one. We've got a lot of stuff in store for that pod. It's going to be a fun one. It is going to be a fun one. All right. Uh, thanks for coming on, Tom. This was a blast. And thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.